2 Samuel chapter number 6, as you're turning there. Um, this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock is our staff meeting. Word is we might even have a few little donuts, some coffee. Unless you're fasting. If you're fasting, you don't have to. That's code for I'm going to have some donuts and coffee. Um, <clears throat> I want us to pray tonight uh, before we go into the word of the Lord. I want us to pray for Daniel Tallman. I want us to pray for Sister uh, Milford's nephew, their family, and uh, Mary. Sister Hayden, you texted me this morning, didn't you? Did you take Mary in? Did, is she still there? Do you know what their status is? Okay, we're going to pray for Mary tonight. She was having chest pains. We're going to lift them to the Lord in prayer. Can we lift these needs right now in Jesus' name? Lord, we pray for Daniel Tallman. In Jesus' name, for Sister Milford's nephew. Lord, we pray for Mary right now. In the name of Jesus, every one of these needs. I take authority and dominion over sickness, over disease. In the name of Jesus Christ, I lose healing and miracles. In the name of Jesus Christ, into every one of these needs right now. Lord, I pray the angels of the Lord would begin to minister to them right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift them to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, minister on their behalf. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. I lose healing and miracles in Jesus name to be loosed into their body and into these situations in Jesus name in Jesus name praise God praise God all those all the small group leaders and hosts will see at my house on the 5th of January which is Thursday night at 630 630 and uh, I'd like us to every uh, if you're not directly involved in a small group um, nothing happens of any with any kind of productivity without prayer. So I would ask everybody, if you're not directly involved in a small group, please pray for them. Please pray for them. Nothing productive is going to happen if somebody's not praying. And uh, this, that's not just for those that are not involved, but everybody that's involved, of course. Uh, we need the hand of God in every meeting. And um, <clears throat> I'm excited about the jumpstart coming up here. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse number 16, it says, And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men. To everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. 
Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father, and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael the daughter of Saul had no child unto the day of her death. Praise God. Are you the wife of David or are you the daughter of Saul? Are you the wife of David or are you the daughter of Saul? You may be seated tonight. God's people are worshipers. All right, we'll try that again. God's people are worshipers. God's people love to worship. There's no such thing as apathetic worship. There's no such thing as apathetic worship. Somebody say amen. Now, we're going to get involved in this tonight. I'm glad that you're listening. But there's a difference in listening and receiving. In order to receive, you've got to respond. So I'll say that again. God's people love to worship. God, that, that's, that's what God's people are. We are worshipers. There's no such thing as somebody that is a part of God's people but is not a worshiper. It doesn't exist. It's, it's a contrast. There is a clash between those ideologies. If I belong to him and he belongs to me, if I truly love him, then by nature I am a, a, a worshiper. I am a demonstrative uh, worshiper, somebody who loves to come into the presence of God and I love to worship him. Does anybody love to worship him tonight? Oh, hallelujah. There's no such thing as a child of God who doesn't love to worship him. It, that, that person does not exist. There's no middle ground or gray area where I can be, I can exist or live between being apathetic and on fire for God. It's, it's either one or the other. There's no middle ground. But we, we, we've tried to find a middle ground that really does not exist. And that is I can be a, I can be a faithful member. I can be a tithe payer. I can be a, I can be a good person to be counted on but I'm not really a worshiper that's not that's not who God's people are God's people and we see it in the heart and the life of David God's people are worshipers they come to the house of God with one thing in mind and that's not to see who's here that's not to see what somebody's wearing or not to catch up on the latest gossip but I've come here to worship God I've come here to get into his presence I've come here to move my hands and move my feet and to lift my voice and to get into his presence and worship him. Somebody clap your hands to him 
and give him praise right now. Hallelujah. God's people love to worship. It's, we're not, we're not, it's not a, a, an annoyance for somebody to ask me to clap my hands. If that annoys you, then you've got a problem between you and God that you need to get worked out. Because when somebody says it's time for us to stand to our feet, it's time for us to lift our voice and clap our hands, and it's time for us to give God worship. If you're inside of your head, you're rolling your eyes, I pray that you find a place of repentance because you're not a part of God's people. If you don't really love to worship, I don't have to worship. I love to worship. I don't have to do anything, but I'm here because I love him, because he loved me before I could ever love him, because he saved me, and I haven't lost sight of the fact that I would be lost if it wasn't for so great a salvation. I'm telling you tonight that God's people, we've got to get in our spirit that I am not just somebody who comes to worship. I am a worshiper. It's in my DNA. It's in my spirit. It was imparted into me when I got the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. I am a worshiper. I wonder if somebody would stand to your feet right now and just lift your voice and worship him in this house together. <coughs> Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, God responds when somebody says, I'm a worshiper. The Holy Ghost will move in when somebody says, I don't have to worship. I love to worship. Oh, hallelujah. Sit down for just a moment. Are you the wife of David? Are you the daughter of Saul? Are you the wife of David? Or are you the daughter of Saul? See, at this point, the Bible tells us that Saul gave Michael to David as a wife after he slayed Goliath on the battlefield. And the Bible tells us that, that, that secretly Saul said he would give her to be his wife that she might be a snare unto him. As the story goes on, David brings the Ark of the Covenant back in to the city of Jerusalem. It had not been there. The, 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 the Ark of the Covenant had not been there, and David was a lover of God. He, he saw through the law of Moses, and he saw into the next dispensation and said, it's not the blood of bulls and goats that he desires, but it is a contrite heart that God is looking for. David was a lover of God. He was a worshiper of God, and because he was a worshiper, it seems like he had insight before his years. He had insight before the dispensation of grace and he knew what God was looking for. He had his, his sight set on what God was pleased with. The Bible says that David brings the Ark of the Covenant back into the, the city of David, into the city of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he danced before the Lord and he took off his linen ephod. He was girded with a linen ephod. That does not mean that David was dancing around immodestly or inappropriately. It means he took off his royal garment and all he had in, un, on was his undergarment or a linen ephod that was like a tunic underneath his clothes. And that's why Michael was disgusted with him. You see, even though Michael was his wife, she was still, she had never left her father and had cleaved to her husband. She still had the spirit of Saul upon her who was a backslidden king who had been anointed by God, but the DNA of a backslidden 
forbidden king had gotten into his daughter and she had never become cleaved to the spirit of her husband. So when David comes in and David, uh, he goes to bless his own house, his wife meets him, but she's more Saul's daughter than she is his wife. She doesn't have his spirit. She doesn't care about the ark. She doesn't care. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. She doesn't care about worshiping God. She doesn't. It, it makes no difference to her the fact that the ark of the covenant had never been in the city of David. But, the, but, but David had brought it in. And when he brought it in, he danced through the city streets of Jerusalem. And he worshiped his God. And he did it just clothed in a linen ephod. And Michael says, what's wrong with you? You, 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 oh, uh, how could you come in? And how mighty was the king of Israel on this day that he was, that he was abased in front of everybody that he, he stripped off his royal robe and he became nothing in the presence of God that was the heart of David he wasn't concerned about his reputation who he was or, or, or his status in life it made no difference to him in that moment when the when the ark of the covenant came back into the city of David he was just a lover of God he was just a worshiper of God that's all he ever cared to be he didn't care about the royal robe he didn't care about the duties and responsibilities he didn't care about people bowing down to him as king. All he wanted to be was a lover of God. Are you Saul's daughter? Or are you David's wife? Are you somebody that when, some, or, or, or when somebody else starts worshiping God, do you give them the side eye? Man, I wish they'd just shut up. I'm going to tell you right now, when, when, when new and newer people come in here and they worship God and they're louder than people that have been here for 30 years, God's going to curse you. I'm going to tell you right now, you give them the side eye, watch God make your womb barren. You got to understand that what God did to Michael that day was the greatest curse she could have ever had. She should have had a lineage come out of her as as the as the wife of David, but her womb was smitten in that very moment. The Bible says that she bore no children. That was the ultimate curse upon a woman. What that was saying is that God gave her the worst punishment she could have asked for, and that is her womb was barren from that moment on. Let me tell you people that make fun of worshipers will never bear anything in the spirit and never make any any type of uh, 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 of of difference in the spirit realm ever when somebody makes fun of worshipers and laughs at a worshiper they have sealed their fate in the spirit they will never reproduce oh god loves worshipers god loves worshipers but you got to see david's response he looks his wife right in the face and he didn't bow down to her little, her little tone of voice. He looked at her and said, you know what? God chose me before he chose your daddy. He chose me to be king before your daddy was on the scene. And if you, if you don't like what you just saw, you better brace yourself because I'll be more vile than everything you just saw. 
it doesn't stop because you made fun of me doesn't stop because you got a problem with me my worship's not going to stop because you've got an opinion about it my worship's not going to stop because you got something nasty to say about it or because you're going to treat me different I'm a worshiper whether you like it or not I'm a worshiper no matter what you say I'm a worshiper no matter how you feel it's in my DNA I'm a lover of Jesus I'm a worshiper of the king of kings and the lord of lords it's who I am I don't care what you say I don't care what you do I'm gonna worship him and I'm gonna be even more vile than what you've ever seen you cannot stop me I'm a worshiper oh hallelujah somebody lift your voice and just do that right now huh this is a worshiping church oh you better get used to seeing people that just got the Holy Ghost last week down here in the altar worshiping God and you better not give them the side eye saints of God better not look at them like oh they're new what's your problem you need to get loose of that spirit of apathy and be a worshiper and show them how to worship I got news for you you may let you in on something while I'm preaching you're teaching Oh, you think you take yourself out of the equation because you ain't got the mic? No. While I'm preaching, you're showing them how to respond. You're showing them how to come to the altar. You're showing them whether to do this. They're going to do what you do. They're going to do what you do. There got to be some people in the pew that say, okay, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you what it looks like to be a worshiper. You don't, you don't show somebody how to be a worshiper while folding your arms and waiting for the right song. You don't somebody show somebody how to pray by being late to prayer and then just doing a little 50, 50% kind of half apathetic prayer. There's got to be some saints of God that say, I know why I came. I've got purpose. I'm here on purpose. I've come here to make a difference. I'm here because I care. I'm here because it matters. I'm here because somebody else's deliverance matters to me. Somebody else's salvation matters to me me that's why I'm here because I'm a worshiper it's not something I have to do it's who I am it's a part of my DNA because I love him oh let's magnify him right now come on let's magnify him right now Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's one of the many reasons why we've got to be worshipers. If we sit and stare, they're going to sit and stare. You're going to teach them. You're going to reproduce yourself in them. They're going to be what you are. They're going, to, they're going to have what you have. They're going to act like you act. They're going to worship like you worship. They're going to praise like you praise. They're going to pray like you pray. So since that's the case, I'm not going to try to just halfway do it. I'm not going to just do an apathetic prayer. I'm not going to just do apathetic praise. I'm not going to just be a disconnected worshiper. Come and do my little five minutes, do a little patty cake and go home. I've come to bless the name of Jesus. I've come to see somebody delivered. I've come to get on my feet. I've come to shout and to dance. I've come to magnify God. I've come to see the fire of the Holy Ghost fall. 
Oh, hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify him. Oh. Hallelujah. We've got a bus free of every apathetic attitude. I don't care what it costs. The, the, the spirit of apathy cannot be amongst God's people. It will crush and fight against and war against revival. There's got to be a resistance in the spirit of God's people that absolutely hates an apathetic attitude. Oh yes, I, I, that's exactly what I mean. I'm not going to let that apathetic attitude get on me. I'm not going to let it get in my family. I'm not going to let it get in my house. And if somebody wants to make fun of somebody else while they're worshiping God or have a cynical attitude or have a nasty attitude that old nasty spirit of making fun of people when they worship God I rebuke that spirit that spirit is not welcome in this place in the name of I'm not talking about sinners I'm talking about saints of God that got the Holy Ghost that should know better that should be worshipers and should have the victory but I'm telling you right now there's a spirit of worship that's coming in this church that spirit of apathy it's going to loosen its grip in the name of Jesus we are not an apathetic church we are an apostolic church. We are not an apathetic church. We are a worshiping church. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody ought to clap your hands and magnify him right now. Come on, if that annoyed you, yeah, that, that, that's a little telltale sign. There ought to be something within you that wants to clap your hands, that wants to magnify God. Oh, yeah. No, the church is not a place for everybody to feel comfortable. No, your carnality should not be comfortable. Your, your, your hidden sin should not be comfortable. All of the carnality and worldliness in your life, you should not be comfortable. Everybody should be welcome. But the Spirit of the Lord, when he starts to move, starts making people feel uncomfortable. When the Spirit of God starts to move, he's going to make you make a decision. Either you're going to be apathetic and you're going to decide to not care, or you're going to say, God, pour it out on me. I want all of it. I don't want just some of it, but I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall on me like it never has before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apathy. Apathy. Apathy will destroy your future. It will destroy your life. The lack of interest, enthusiasm, or even concern. Apathy is a future destroyer. It will not it will it will comfort you in the moment. It will make life easier easier for you in the moment, but it will it will destroy you. Then it'll get on your spouse, and then when it's done with your spouse, it'll get on your kids, and it will destroy you. And while the job may be good and the family may be good, and there's no other problems, you think life is good because that's because that spirit of apathy will lull you to sleep and make you feel like everything is fine. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm good. 
I'm good, I'm good. I don't need to go to the altar. I'm good. That spirit of apathy has deceived you into thinking that you can do your sin underneath the surface and still be okay. That you can be disconnected and still be okay. That you don't even desire to go to the altar, but I'm good, I'm fine. No, I'm, no you're not fine. That spirit of apathy that says, I don't care. I'm not concerned. It doesn't matter to me. I just, I just don't care anymore. That spirit will take you to, uh, to an everlasting place of darkness and destruction. And you've got to see it for what it is when you don't care. You are under a spiritual attack of demonic spirits that want to lull you to sleep to where you do not care. But in the name of Jesus, that spirit of apathy that has combated this church is going to be broken over every family that wants it, over every individual that's hungry in the name of Jesus. And there's going to be a fresh passion. That's it, Brother Jeffers. You're going to get it. There's got to be somebody says, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm through with apathy. I'm through with not caring. I care. I've got to have a move of God in my life. I've got to have a move of God in my family. I've got to get to the altar. I've got to get it right with God. I've got to have a breakthrough. I'm telling you, there's a radical spirit that's going to get a hold of this church. We are changing dimensions and changing seasons. There is a spirit of radical worship that is going to be loosed in this congregation like it never has been before. I know you don't see it, but I see it in the spirit. I see a radical spirit that is overwhelming to the sinner. I see a radical spirit that convicts the unsaved. I see a radical spirit of worship that permeates this building to where sinners begin to weep and cry and don't know why they're weeping and crying. I'm telling you in Jesus' name, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming in here because somebody gives a care because somebody, it matters to somebody. Hallelujah. Reach over to somebody right next to you. Lay your hand right on their head and begin to loose a fresh passion of the Holy Ghost. Not on their back. I want you to lay it on their head in the name of Jesus. I take authority over apathy. I take authority over an apathetic spirit. No more. No more. No more. One of the best things you can tell a drunk is it's open bar. You got to understand in this house, it's always open altar. The altar is always open. There's no altar closed and altar open times. The altar is always open. There's got to be something in the people of God that come in here from the very beginning and walk down into the altar right in the middle of this altar and begin to take authority in Jesus' name over apathy that begin to loose deliverance, loose an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I do not accept dead service. I do not accept no breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I loose a fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Alabo sondo roye alalalabahaye. 
in the name of Jesus I'm tired of having dead prayer time in my own prayer time I'm going to tomorrow in my prayer time I'm going to have a move of the Holy Ghost because it matters tomorrow in my own prayer time I'm going to break through on Monday I'm going to break through on Tuesday I'm going to seek after it because it matters to me I'm tired of no prayer life I'm tired of, of just going Sunday to Sunday in Jesus name something's got to change Everybody in this room has got to feel comfortable in the altar. Like right here. Like I don't care what nobody thinks. I'm not here because of what you think or you don't think. We love the altar. It's in my DNA. It's what I do. I don't love the back doors. I love the altar. When it's altar call time, I'm headed this direction. Because I'm a worshiper. And I'm trying to get on that altar one more time. And I'm trying to let the Holy Ghost fall on me one more time. I'm trying to get a breakthrough one more time. Because it's who I am. It's in my DNA. Come on, there's got to be a DNA shift. If you've been serving God for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, there's got to be something within you that says the status quo is not good enough. I'm not going to just wallow in a cesspool of mediocrity trying to bridge the gap between apathetic and powerful. I am an apostolic. I am not apathetic. I'm a, I'm a worshiper. I, I, I'm not Saul's daughter, but I'm David's wife. That's the, that's the DNA that I've got in me. I'm a worshiper. I'm a worshiper. I'm a, it's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to worship him right now. Somebody ought to lift up your voice in the name of Jesus. I haven't come here to whisper. I've come here to lift my voice. I haven't come here to whisper because I'm scared of what somebody's going to think. I've come here to magnify him with my voice.
Somebody's about to get the Holy Ghost in this place right now. If you'll lift your hands and lift your head up to God and open your mouth and open your mouth right now, God will fill it. You'll begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. There's got to be something within us that says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with a two-minute altar call and get in my car and go home. I've got to see the glory of God descend. I've got to see the power of God be displayed. I've got to see a breakthrough and something change.
I want you to get your list. We're going to look at that list every day. Pray for the names on that list. I'll just let you tell real, my wife tell you real quick what happened with her and her list. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor had told us to create a list. So I got up, I think it was the next morning, to pray. And I just grabbed a scratch paper and wrote names on it. It was more, it was more than 10 names because there were families in it. Anyway, I got, it was two days later, I got a text from somebody that I have not worked with since Zion was born. And she randomly texted me and said, hey, I wanted to tell you about such and such. Um, And I said, I've been praying for you. And then uh, we just text back and forth. And then two days later, she said, thank you for praying. I just saw an answer to that prayer. But it was, the Lord showed me that if, if I will pray and intercede, that he will draw I didn't, I didn't even go to her. I haven't, I haven't worked with her in five years, but she texts me through those prayers. So. Write them down. There are people in this congregation that there will be people on your list that are here even tonight. You're going to pray for them. You're going to pray that God develops them, that God strengthens them, that God reveals things to them, that they are established in the faith. I'm glad for every person that gets the Holy Ghost. I'm glad for every person that gets baptized. That's awesome. The process is just, has just begun. And we're going to pray until Christ is formed in them. Praise God. They're going to stay. They're going to be discipled. Christ is going to be formed. It is going to work. God's going to do it. Happy New Year.